Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast in this week's adult Bible study. As we continue our study through the book of Romans, and today we come to the second section, really the second part of Romans chapter 7, and we're looking at that common struggle that there's things that I know I should do and I'm not doing, and some things that I don't want to do and I keep doing, and what does Paul say about that? So, without further ado, let's jump in. Romans chapter 7 is where we are today. Romans chapter 7. Last week we kind of began in in this section, chapter 6, just a wonderful chapter reminding us of our position in Christ, that sin is no longer our master. Sin does not dominate us. Sin does not rule over us. Now we may allow it to, but sin is not our master. We have a new master in Jesus Christ who is gracious and loving and empowering, but sin has been defeated. And then last week in chapter 7, we got into how the law is is not our master and how the law is good at what it's supposed to do. And what the law is supposed to do is expose sin. And that's what law does. Galatians says the law was our schoolmaster that it might bring us to Christ. And that's all the law can do. The law can reveal sin. One person kind of referred to the law as like a magnet, though. It also provokes sin in that... When there's a law, like we said last week, if it says keep off grass, what do you want to do? I just want to walk on the grass. Don't tell me to keep off the grass, all right? Now, if there was was probably no law, if there was no keep off the grass, I maybe wouldn't even think about it. I don't know. And I told that story last week about the the condo down there on Florida, and they put the sign up that says don't fish off the, off the, the porch there, the deck. And so everybody was fishing on the deck, and all the answer was just take that sign off, and people didn't think about it, and they really didn't fish off of it. And sometimes, it, because laws, not, laws are not wrong, we're going to see that in the text today, standards in your families are not wrong, we're going to talk about that a little bit, but the problem is they don't produce what we want, because they don't empower, I'm going to get ahead of myself, all they do is either try to keep out sin or reveal sin in the sense it provokes sin and it reveals sin. Paul said, I wouldn't have known lust, except the law said, thou shalt not covet. And when he saw the law said, thou shalt not covet, all of a sudden he realized, man, I'm coveting a lot of things. And it exposes what's going on inside. But when we look to the law to try to get us free from sin, we always get discouraged. And we always end up defeated. Just like on the salvation side, when I look to the law to try to get me to heaven, and I try to do enough good things to get me to heaven, I always end up defeated because I can't keep doing enough good things. I'm always in sin. And the same thing now in this section, we're talking about sanctification, which is after I'm saved, if I try to live by the law in order to please God, I'm always going to be defeated. Because the law can't help me perform the good it only reveals the bad. But, but then the, the question could come and say, well, then is the law bad then? Is the law or standards or the law in the sense? We, we know because he said thou shalt not covet. He was talking about the moral law as well. But it, today in our practic- practicality, is it bad to have standards in your life? It, it, should you just say anything goes, do whatever you want? Or should, is it okay to have some standards in your life? Is the law bad? And he says in verse number um, well, in, in the, like verse 7, we're not going to go all the way back there today, but he says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. And that's when he says, I had not known sin, but, but, but by the law. So as we come down to verse 13, he says, was then 
that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, worketh death in me by the commandment, which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. And that's where we stopped last week. And, and the law does its job. The law is revealing to all of us that we are sinners. But now we come to verse 14. And he says this, For we know that the law is spiritual. There's nothing wrong with the law. It's actually a spiritual thing. If you keep the law perfectly, you're, you're going to please God. I mean, it's, that, it, it's going to be great. But none of us are going to keep the law perfectly. That's why he says the last part of this. He says, for the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. The word carnal means fleshly. Paul's, Paul's saying this. This is Paul writing. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, one of the greatest, I mean, just men to study. And Paul said, hey, the law is spiritual. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with all of the things that are going on in the law. But he says, I just found a principle that I am carnal. I'm fleshly. And he says, sold under sin. Now, that little phrase confuses some people because of what we studied last week. Or, excuse me, a few weeks ago when we said that sin is no longer our master. Now he just says that I'm sold under sin. All he's saying is this. All he's simply saying is, man, my flesh is still there. My flesh still wants to do wrong. I'm, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, but I keep finding myself wanting to do wrong. Now let's just let's get real practical here for a second. Let's just pull out of the text for a second. Just think about your life. Now we could go around and say, hey, where, where do you guys struggle at? I could go, hey, John, what's the sin that you struggle with? Now that would get really awkward really quick, wouldn't it? But so let's just be honest. In your mind, don't say it out loud, but you all know there's some sins that we struggle with. Man, we're just like... I'm saved, but I still struggle with this sin. Now, there may be multiple sins, but we know that there's still that struggle. Why? Because we're, we're, the flesh is still there. So he says in verse 15, and he starts to get into some common, some uh, a passage that we're familiar with. It's hard to understand in this old English sometimes, but let's just look at it. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. So the things that I want to do, I'm not doing. For that which I would that I do, I <laughs> for that which I would that I do, I not, but what I hate that I do. Here's what he's basically saying in that one. You know what? There's some things that I know. Don't do this, Brad, and then I'm doing them. There's some other things I'm like, Brad, just do this, and I'm not doing it. He says, Why is this struggle going on? He goes on in verse 16: If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin. That dwelleth in me. Have any of you ever been in that struggle? Where you're like, you know what? I know I need to read my Bible. But I don't read my Bible. I know I need to spend more time in prayer. But I'm not praying. And I know I should stop doing this sin that you thought about a minute ago, alright? But I just did it again yesterday. But I just thought through that again. I just got angry again. I just worried again. I just whatever again. And we, this, it's this struggle in the Christian life. And sometimes if we're not careful, we just sit back and say, well, that's just, that's life. And when I get to heaven one day, no more sin. But right now it's just going to be like this. What if I told you that's actually not what the Christian life is supposed to be like? Not saying you're going to not sin. But we so often sit back and just excuse it away. Well, that's just the Christian life. You're telling me that God, who can forgive us of our sins to make a way for us to heaven, can't help us in our Christian life? You mean God's just like, hey, you're saved. I did everything. Congratulations. See you when you get to heaven. Figure it out. 
Work your way through it. It's called struggle theology. I'm struggling to do everything. To I'm trying to stop this. And I'm trying to stop that. It's, it's a struggle theology. There's going to be struggles in life, but that's, that's the wrong way of thinking. And what leads to that is we think, I'm going to do set these things up in my life so that I start doing this. And we set all these things up. I'm going to set my alarm at 6.30. That's a, let's call that a standard. I'm going to set my alarm at 6.30, so I'm reading by 6.35. And the alarm goes off, and we just hit snooze 50 times. We don't get up. I wanted to do it, but I didn't do it. Or in the other sense, which is very, in other sense, and we've seen this, I've seen this play out in many ways, but we're saying, hey, I don't want my kids to go down this road, so I'm going to set all of these strict boundaries around all of them, and then they turn 18, 19, or 20, and all of a sudden they're still gone. Is there anything wrong with the boundaries? No. The law is spiritual. Is there anything wrong with setting your alarm at 6.30? No. That, that was a good thing. But then he gets to this phrase. And I'm, gonna, I'm just flying through what I want to say to get to this phrase. He says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. He says, I have a desire. And, and that's a good thing. I have a desire to get up and read my Bible, so I set my alarm. That's a good thing. I have a desire to protect my kids and my family or myself, so I set all of these uh, standards in my life. That's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. Don't let anyone criticize you for that. But he says this. Invert last part, he says, But how to perform that which is good, I find not. That, that's the key phrase in this text. You notice in this, he says, you know how many times from in all of chapter 7, as we've been going through here, especially in the second half, you know how many times the word Holy Spirit is used? Zero. You know how many times the word I is used? 25. 25 times. Holy Spirit, zero. What he's showing is what happens in a lot of our lives. I want to do this, and I'm going to try to do this, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. But, we, but in our flesh, we just fail. And we fail, and it leads to defeat. And what happens is when we get defeated, and we get defeated, and we get defeated, and we get defeated, we just start saying, this defeated life is actually normal. And if I have a good day, and I got up at 6.30, and I read my Bible, that's a good spiritual day. But now I'm back down to here. And we, we get defeated. But he says, that's never what the law was designed to do. The law was never designed to, to empower you to do something. The law just reveals that we have a need. It's like I brought Mr. Fan today. All right, brought Mr. Fan today. Mr. Fan is actually a Christian. All right, last name's Fan. I don't remember his first name. This is Mr. Fan. Mr. Fan's a Christian. Just got saved. He's growing in his Christian life. And I got Mr. Fan here today, and his I, what, what I want him to do, my task for him, if I was to, oh, this is a illustration's getting bad quick because I'm playing the role of God, but I want Mr. Fan to, all his purposes is I want Mr. Fan to cool off, take away the God thing. Let's say this lady right here because God's not married, all right? Mr. Fan, just all you have to do is that, all right? It's all you got to do. Here's the law to, to, so I can reveal what not to do. Do not do anything outside of this room. Okay, don't do anything outside of this room, Mr. Fan. All I want you to do is cool this front row off here, maybe second row, but do not do anything else other than that. Matter of fact, play along with me for a second. I brought your manual. This here has everything that you need, Mr. Fan, to do what you need to do. 
All right, so just read through this, follow everything to a T that this says, and you will do everything great. All right, Mr. Fan, go ahead. We got a problem, don't we? Now, I just told Mr. Fan what to do. I could have got a lot more detail, but it was getting really weird, okay? I could have told Mr. Fan more details. I could have brought the actual manual, but I stole this fan from someone else's room, okay? So Mr. Fan, if that was true, had the manual, so he knows what he's supposed to do, had my instructions, has everything possible. Mr. Fan's not doing anything. Why is Mr. Fan not doing anything? He's got no power. Here's a lot of our Christian lives. Everybody in this room knows the Bible pretty much. You guys know the Bible. I'm not surprised at anybody right here when I say, hey, don't get angry. Don't worry. Don't, don't look at pornography. Don't use wrong words. Let no corrupt communication proceed. I, anything I just said right there, nobody's going, what? You just blew my mind. So you guys know the law. You know the, you know the word of God. You know the instruction manual. It's great. But now if we were to get really open and awkward in here and I said, all right, how many of you, that sin I thought about earlier, you were thinking about earlier, how many of you have been doing that this week, son? How many of you knew you're supposed to read your Bible? Because if I said to you, hey, you know what? You're supposed to read the Bible. You're supposed to meditate on the Bible. No one's going to be like, no one's told me. I didn't know that. You only hear it every single week when you go to church. And that's a good thing. So it's, I'm not shocked. If I were to say to you guys today, hey, guys, you know what? I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We're supposed to pray. No one's going to be like, I have not heard that my entire life. You're going to hear it probably from the pulpit today. And that's a good thing. But how many of us, don't say it out loud, but how many of us went a day this week, maybe didn't read or didn't pray? How many of us get a little frustrated with our spouse? And that's not a fruit of the Spirit. So we're like Mr. Fan. We know. We've, we've heard it. We've got it. But sometimes we don't perform like we're supposed to. But that's where it brings in a lot of the text, a lot of things. Because when Mr. Fan simply abides in the power source... Now Mr. Fan is fulfilling everything he's supposed to do. Because, is that good? Are you good? <laughs> Mr. Fan's going to go back to disobedient, Mr. Fan, all right? But it's the moment that he abided in the source of power, he was able to fulfill what he's supposed to do. And you know why we struggle so often? It's because we don't abide in Christ. We abide in a church building. You're all abiding in Sunday school today. Although Sunday school is not in the Bible, it's a good thing to do. It started about 200 years ago. Still a good thing to do. I'm not saying don't come to Sunday school. It's a good thing to do. You're all going to go to church in a little bit. That is biblical. We're supposed to be at church. You're going to be in church in a little bit. Great. Wonderful. But abiding in church doesn't allow you to fulfill your purpose. It's a good thing to do. It's supposed to do. It's in our manual. But it doesn't help you overcome sin. What helps me overcome sin? Well, he's going to get to that in a minute. But what it helps us, uh, what I got ahead of it in Mr. Fan illustration here, is when we abide in Christ, he helps you to overcome sin. Just like when I got saved, the law doing this and doing this didn't help me to overcome my problem of the penalty of sin. But when I placed my faith in Jesus, that helped me overcome my problem of sin. Same thing in the Christian life, and that's what people don't get all the time. It's the same thing in the Christian life. If you're struggling with that sin, what is going to help you overcome it? Jesus Christ. Well, how do I do that? The same thing when you got saved. It's faith. Okay, so what do I do? I need the practical one, two, three steps. What do I do? Okay, uh, I don't want to do that because I'll get sidetracked. But the, the basic thing is 
You've got to, in that moment, say, God, I need you. Like, is that simple? Okay, take me back to the time you got saved. What did you basically do? God, I need you to save me. And then you got up from wherever you were, and you went back to your seat, or you went back onto your life, and you didn't think that was weird. It's the same thing in the Christian life. We can't, the law, you can set up all of these things, and I have things set up in my family, and I think it's all good, and we can abide, we can do all of the things that we know we're supposed to do. But doing doesn't set you free. Doing is something we need to do, but what sets us free is abiding in Christ. And what, what I found is this, because the scary thing about saying something like that is, is that on the other side, we're afraid of the lasciviousness people that are going to be like, oh, well, now the law is gone, so I can do whatever I want. No, 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 because here's what the Bible says in Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and what? You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of saying this, that your doing is not going to accomplish it. Because if you just walk in the Spirit, which is what I'm saying right here, this is considered walking in the Spirit, abiding in Christ. If you walk in the Spirit, you're not going to want to fulfill the law of the flesh. You're, you're gonna, you, when, because when I'm in the Spirit and I'm walking in the Spirit and I start to commit a sin, I feel guilty about it. I feel miserable about it. That, that, that's the Spirit working in me, abiding in Christ. And so he says then, he says, I, I, the things that I know I should be doing, I'm not doing. The things I should, should be doing or I should not be doing, I find myself doing. He said this, this frustration, he says, verse twenty. He says, uh, now I do that I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. This is not an excuse, by the way. He's not saying, well, it's not my fault. It's sin. Okay. He's, just, uh, he's just recognizing that my flesh is still there. Even though I'm a Christian, my flesh is still there. And I still feel tempted to do things that are wrong. So verse 21, he says, I find then a law then that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And that's the truth. And, and any time if we were to teach a young Christian and try to tell them that everything's going to be easy after you get saved, that would be terrible teaching. Because it's not going to always be easy. If anything, now what, the, what does the law do? It exposes sin. If anything, now that you're saved, you have the law of God in your heart. You, it starts to reveal things to you that you're like, I didn't know that. That's why you see young Christians, they're so fun to be around because they start getting convicted about everything. They're like, man, maybe I shouldn't be watching this. Well, maybe you shouldn't. But that's, and they're like, maybe I shouldn't be listening to this. And I never mentioned anything about that. All of a sudden, what's happening as they're, they're allowing, the, they're walking in the Spirit, now some things are starting to be like, I, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And the Spirit of God is revealing that. But so Paul says, I just find this, this law that when I want to do good, evil's constantly there. And that's true. That's the Christian life. But what's good is we are on the winning side, as the psalm says. The Spirit of God abides in you. I'll come back to that at the end because here's what he says. He says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's an interesting phrase. Back in the Roman times, back in those times, they used to, some believe, um, in, in studying this, some believe that they, they would punish some of their criminals, like let's say a murderer, or, or they would punish some of these criminals by putting the dead body of the one on top of them and, and, and tying it to them. So they would literally carry this dead body around for their sentence. So they were constantly... Bol- uh, 
Born down, born down, if that's the right word. Uh, but they were constantly worn down by carrying this dead body, smelly, stinky, wretched body decomposing on them because of what they did. And that's the terminology that he's using behind this. He says, oh, wretched the man that I am, who should deliver me from this body of death? How am I going to be free from this sin? I've got saved. And so I know I'm, that penalty of sin is done, but I'm constantly battling sin. And I don't know about you, but it is every day is a battle. Every day is a battle. A battle to get frustrated. A battle to worry. A battle to get angry. Every day is a battle. And then we get our world out there. And we just look at what's going on in our world. It's, it's easy to get to worry or to get depressed. or It's easy. All of these things, it's so easy. So how, what do we do? He says in the last verse, I thank God. And here's the answer. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Here's the answer. He says, I thank God it's through Jesus Christ. And that's what I've kind of been hinting towards and getting ahead of myself. The answer is not, well, I need to just put more, set more alarms. or I need. Although there's nothing wrong with that. The answer is not, well, I just need to have stronger standards. Although there's nothing wrong with that. I think more people maybe need to have some. But that's not the problem. The problem is, we need to get back to abiding in Jesus Christ. The problem is we need to get back to saying, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. I need you. God, right now I need you. God, I sense that I am, not, I am, I am just going to lose my temper right now. God, in this moment, I need you. And in that moment, God will give you his strength. You say, well, I need, I need to see it. Like I need to be able to see it happen. Well, did you see anything happen when you got saved? Here's what a lot of us did. We got down, and we were praying, and we said something like this. We all said, God, I know I'm a sinner, and I know if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And the best I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to save me. Now, don't repeat after that. That's not the magic prayer. But we said something like that. And then we got up, and we felt good, and we said, hey, I'm going to heaven. And someone says, why? We'd say, not because I did anything, but because I trusted in Jesus. And you would be 100% right. That's salvation. It's the same thing for sanctification. So try it today. You get home, your spouse burns your dinner. All right? She burns your dinner, he burns your dinner, whatever. And you're just frustrated. You're like, oh, I've been sitting here for 45 minutes. And you can't even keep your eye. And you start to feel it coming on. And I mean, you are ready. I mean, you're unbuttoning your shirt. You're ready to let them have it. And all of a sudden, in that moment, you sense. Because you're walking in the spirit. You're like, my spirit's not right. And I don't, I don't want that. So what we do in that moment is say, God, forgive me. Help me to be long-suffering with this spouse of mine. Now, help me to whatever it is. You say, well, then, is God really going to answer? Did he answer when you got saved? In that moment, what you did is you exchanged your efforts to faith, saying, God, I'm trusting, I'm trying to walk in a way that you told me to do. God, help me. And you'll sense, I think, right there in that moment, your spirit begin to change. Now, you could set up 15 rules to help you. and I'm not against it. But in that moment, you're just going to need the Holy Spirit to help you. Walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, I'm not saying in this class you just leave and say, all right, we're abandoning every standard we've ever had in our life and we're just going to do whatever. No, no, no. 
you those are all good the law is spiritual all that stuff's good we need that to protect because it's foolish it's like me saying to my kids hey you know what just go ahead and play in the road god's going to take care of you play in the road you want to play an i-70 that place is safe isn't it like 15 wrecks a day but you guys want to go play ball in i-70 go ahead god to keep you safe no that's just called stupidity and a lot of us to use the same word because there's no kids in here a lot of us are just stupid with sin we just play with sin as close as we can and say, well, you know what, God's going to help. No, 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 you're, you're, you're just walking in the flesh right now. I've been there. There's nothing wrong with having some things that we say, you know what, I don't. But the Christian life is not all of these I don'ts. It's the more of a I won't. I won't do this. Why? Because I'm trying to walk with God. I won't do this. A lot of people say, well, the Christian life is all these bunch of I don'ts. No, it's more like I won't. I won't go do that because... I want to walk with God. And God convicts me about it. I'm not going to do it. And so the law here, this whole chapter, chapter 7, has been about the law. And the first part he was saying the law cannot save you. The law has it did its job and it pointed you, it pointed out sin. But that's all that the law could do. The law couldn't then redeem you. Jesus is the only one that could redeem you. But then the second part of this, Paul was saying, hey, the law can't give me the power. The law doesn't empower me. I gave the Mr. Fan here all the law. I told him what to do. I gave him his instruction manual, everything. But Mr. Fan couldn't do it because it didn't empower him. We need something to empower. The only thing that empowers us is Christ, what he did for us on the cross. And when we abide in him, that's why John 15 says, When you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you want. The whole chapter on abiding. That's why Galatians is telling us to walk in the Spirit. When we abide in Christ and walk in His Spirit, that empowers us to overcome sin. But know this, is what he said here. Anytime I want to do good, evil's always present. So you guys may be leaving here saying, hey, I just hope my spouse messes up today because I'm going to test this out, all right? I just hope she blows it. I hope he blows it because I'm going to do this and I'm going to test it out. Trust God. You know what? Evil's going to be sitting right there with you saying, Eh, that guy's crazy. Your teacher's crazy. Go ahead and let her have it. Go ahead and let him have it. Go ahead and get mad. Go ahead and worry. Evil's always going to be there. And that's why you and I, the best thing we can do is learn to be dependent upon God in every moment. Saying, God, I need you. That's why I think Paul is one of those great Christians. And that's why I think sometimes there's, there's been some one or two things in my life that are uh, a constant difficulty. But sometimes I just thank God for that because I'm like, in those moments, I have to constantly remain dependent upon God. It's like an everyday thing saying, God, I just need you to get me through this. Because the more that life beats you down, the more you realize, and I think what Paul was getting at right here, Paul realized, I can't do this sanctification. I can't do this Christian life on my own. It's got to be God can't do it and i think paul when he had that thorn in the flesh you remember that thorn of the flesh just caught it revealed the pride in him and it humbled him so he said god i can't do this i need you i'm weak but you are strong and god came in with his grace that's the christian life it's not saying all right i'm gonna do the best i can to get over my frustration pull myself up by the bootstraps a lot of pulpits teach that type of sanctification you got saved by faith great pull yourself out of the bootstraps do better you need to start doing this and do this well maybe you do need to do those but what you need to do is fall in love with god and walk in his spirit and trust him by faith 
to help you overcome and to empower you to fulfill your purpose and to overcome sin. And when you do that, you'll see a lot more victory and a lot less of this all the time because you're actually living by faith and not by works. Let's pray.